I will never learn if I keep overthinking or trying to learn, 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 and then do it. It's better if I do it and learn from my mistakes. Hey friends, welcome back to the Christian Podcaster. This is Eric, your host, Eric Nevins. I'm so glad to be with you. This is the show all about what it's like to be a Christian podcaster. Uh, some things are the same, right? But some things are a little bit different as well. We try to show up as Christians, you know, in the most Christ-like way. And that sometimes means certain things for our show. So this is a show that tries to uh, help you do that, to help you podcast Christianly. Uh, I'm excited to introduce our guest. Uh, she's, we go back actually quite a bit longer than I realized. Like, wow, it's been several years now. Uh, but I always cherish an opportunity to speak with her because uh, she always drops the gold. So our guest is, she's a literary agent, an international speaker, a podcaster, and she's she's a prolific writer, right? So uh, she's a novelist and she's written nonfiction books, over 40 books, including uh, Love, Pray, Listen, Parenting, Your Wayward Adult Kids with Joy. I'm sure that's pretty interesting. We'll have to hear about <laughs> that because uh, I'm, get, I'm getting to the point where I have adult kids, which I don't want to admit really. But our guest is Mary Demuth. Mary, welcome to halfway or to, oh, look, I said halfway there. <laughs> welcome to the Christian Podcaster. It's so great to be here. And yeah, we did meet at a podcasting conference in Texas, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, that was fun to kind of find each other talking about Christian podcasting. There were kind of a little, there was a little pocket of us and we found each other. Oh. So it was fun. Do you know, so that was, that was Steve Ulsher's uh, new media summit, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. That was the first thing I'd like that I'd ever done. And I was so, I just felt so out of my depth. I thought I would be the only Christian there. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful to have met you and Thomas Umstad and, um, your other friend who I had on my show, what was her uh, name? Tracy Higley was there. Tracy, yep. Tracy. Yep. Yeah. I haven't, haven't connected with Tracy for a long time. Um, and maybe, a, maybe a few others. It was, Oh, Michael Woodward was mm -hmm, there. So, mm -hmm. uh, that was really cool to have a little pocket of us Christian podcasters there. Yeah. A little gang. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was, it was good. You know what I remember about that? Actually, I was thinking about this the other day talking because I think we ate lunch like you and I, mm -hmm. uh, the last day that was kind of fun, but anyway, uh, so that, we go back, but that was 2018. Oh my god, Which gosh. seems like an eternity now. That's does like it a not? million years ago. <laughs> it is. So, but here's the thing. So I'm going to make a point to relate this to our podcasting friends. This is what one of the values of podcasting is, right? So when you are able to expand your network, uh, by going to events, I'm going to be at PodFest in a couple of weeks. I would highly recommend if you're in the Southeast or you can get there in Orlando, go. That's a, that's a good one. But you meet people that not only change kind of your content and the things that you do, but who inspire you. And so I would definitely put you in that category, Mary, um, especially for all those things. So uh, I want to talk about today in, in this episode, I, I titled it... Um, showing up for growth, right? Showing up consistently for growth. Because for me, you mentioned you have a daily podcast, Pray Every Day. How long have you been doing Pray Every Day now? It will be five years on February 1st. Has it published every day for five years? Every day and sometimes more. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. 
that is the definition of consistency. <laughs> yes. Like that's just that's so consistent. And so I know what, what that tells me. One is you probably have to work through the times when you feel really inspired and the times when you don't. You probably have some processes in there mm -hmm. about that uh, in order to make that possible. Okay. So what I want you to do is tell us a little bit about how you started. Cause I also know this is not your first podcast. So tell me about how you, this kind of, this was inspired and then tell us a little about some of those uh, processes that you have to, to make that possible. Yeah. So I have, this is my third podcast and I have, uh, I started with one called the uncaged podcast, which was a talking head, which was my branding way back when, um, and then it became after that, uh, my branding changed and it was restory. And so I did, um, no longer talking head. I wanted to have people with me. And so I did an interview podcast where people told their restory, where they had this story and then it had this dynamic change. And I did that for several years and then, um, pray every day, which has been going on for five years actually was not my idea, which I think is really interesting. Um, I was, that is yeah, I was releasing a book at the time called Jesus every day. It was a 365 day devotional and I was at my mastermind retreat, which Thomas Umstadt was part of and Tracy Higley as well. Um, and I was, each of us would have a hot seat and we would, you know, say, here's my conundrum, help me with it. And my conundrum was how can I launch Jesus every day creatively and it was my mastermind group that came up with the idea of a daily podcast where I would read scripture and pray according to that scripture, which is a format of Jesus every day. You get scripture. It's the opposite of Jesus calling. So you get scripture and then you pray mm. the scripture back to Jesus. Whereas Jesus calling is Jesus saying a bunch of stuff to you. This is you responding to the scripture in a prayer that I have created. And so um, five years ago on February 1st, well, first of all, I'll say, I said, you people are crazy and I will never do that. <laughs> and, but then you went and, went and did it. Yeah, because I realized that it was a really good idea. And I talked to my publisher about it and they were willing to kind of front some of the upfront costs. And so started um, five years ago on February 1st and um, it's been going really strong. By the time we hit five years, we should have 4 million downloads. So it's doing well. 4 million downloads. Last I heard was like two. So, yeah, I, so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, double. Yep. Okay. 4 million downloads is just an incredible amount of downloads. I think most of us just go, I can't even imagine what that would be like to have, to have that many. Could you like when you first started? <laughs> no, no, of course not. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I knew I had potential just in the volume of the podcast so that if I had some okay numbers, the volume of, you know, just doing it every day was going to help. But, um, I literally had no idea. And I think that's the beauty of the podcast is it kind of was mm. out of my hands. The nice thing too, is having that many, um, subscribers and downloads, it does help pay for itself through Patreon. And um, I'm able to offer advertising on the show as well on a limited variety because this is only a five minute show. So I try to just hit my audience maybe eight days a month um, with advertising. I was approached by a big media group who said they wanted to advertise, but they really wanted to do like two or three advertisements a day. 
And I just oh, wow. couldn't imagine. I mean, the advertisements would take up so much time and the podcast is only five minutes long. So I just didn't want to do that to my audience. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, at least with those higher downloads, I can make a little money off of the podcast and pay for my right. expenses because there's quite a few expenses, as you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when you started producing a daily show, what was the hardest thing about it? It was, I mean, initially it was the fear of content, like how can I come up with that content? But thankfully I have been praying all my life and I've been reading the Bible all my life and I am a student of the Bible. And so the format of reading scripture and praying according to it was very comfortable for me. And I don't do any pre-prep at all. I just... I just sit there and I read it. When I read it, it is fresh to me. And then when I pray, it is fresh. And so I think that's part of why people enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's not scripted at all. It's very spontaneous. There'll be times where I am recording and the Lord will say something to me like, um, someone is battling an eating disorder and you need to pray for them and interrupt your prayer and pray for that person. And I get these testimonies from people wow. saying, you know, when you interrupted your show about an eating disorder, that was me and I was at the end of my rope. And so those kinds of things happen. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say often, but they do happen. And it's been really fun to just have that spontaneity. And that mm-hmm. does cut down on my workload. Yeah. So some interesting things about that. First of all, I mean, you're open to what the Lord wants to do, which I think is amazing. I think that's, that's really beautiful. Uh, and it's hard. It's it's a tough position to to be in all the time, right? So so that's good. I think this is such a great example of how God can use podcasting, mm-hmm. right? It's a powerful medium, and then to just be have that openness to God. What do you want to do with it today? Is and then just to see the results, like that's that's really powerful. I wonder. Okay, I'm going to, a lot of my friends are pastors. I appreciate you all. <laughs> but I wonder if the local church is doing this as well as we as we could. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that Christian podcasting is important is because um, there's some others where I think about the podcaster. We, we grow quite a bit. So maybe I'll ask you about that in a second. But also, you have this opportunity to share with people and minister to them in a way that maybe, maybe their local body isn't, right? Maybe they are well willing to share. Yes. And, and since I'm gathering um, testimonies for the February 1st episode, I've been getting little comments and uh, about the show, because I've been listening to them before we put it up on the show. And one person talked about how they just haven't been reading the Bible for a really long time and they just don't understand it. And that me reading it, because I do a little bit of exegesis a little bit as I pray, Mm -hmm. um, has helped them to finally understand the Bible. And then another person said um, that their husband had like super eloquent prayers and she was feeling like she had to have eloquent prayers in order to be heard by God. Mm. And she realized, because I don't have eloquent prayers or elegant prayers or however you want to say it. you know, it's just very simple and raw and honest. And it helped her to realize that it's okay to just have an honest conversation with God. And so we're seeing, I'm seeing that a lot. And my heart for the podcast has always been global. 
So I also get a lot of feedback from people. I ask about once a month, I say, if you're from another country, tell me how you found the podcast and, um, you know, how it's Mm -hmm. impacted you. And so that's been the best part of pray every day has been this, you know, these testimonies of people in like Zimbabwe or South Africa or Norway or Iceland, you know, saying, "Yeah, yeah, I listen every day. It's like, wow, that's so cool. That is amazing. Okay. But you just taught us something right there. This is why I said, <laughs> friends, that what Mary says is gold. You ask people to share that feedback, right? And you yeah. actually say, hey, if you're in somewhere else, do it. Because you don't get, you know, what Jesus say? You have not because you ask not, right? Yeah. So obviously he was talking about the Father. But you get the same, same deal, right? So ask your audience uh, what they're doing. So that's something we can glean. All right. So take us through. Obviously, you're not doing this every day, I don't think. <laughs> no. You're batching it, right? Yes. So take us through. I, I thought I remembered you told me that before. So t- take us through kind of your batching process. What is that like? So a typical month is either 30 or 31 days. And the month prior, I spend the first three days of the month recording 10 episodes each or 11 on the third day. Um, and I uh, record on Hindenburg and it uh, automatically goes to my Dropbox where my editor is. And then he uh, does the editing. He ha- he doesn't have to do a lot of editing because I'm by this time I'm pretty polished and I've, this is not my first rodeo. Um, so his editing really is just adding music underneath, which is the same music I've had for a while. And uh, he um, puts them up on my website and uh, makes a post for me for that show. And then that's it. My hand is off it. The moment I finish recording, I don't do anything else. Um, I used to have, uh, like I used to have co-schedule where I would have a scheduled post to go out to all my socials. And I just found that it was just me spending money and time that I didn't need to spend. So now I'm letting the podcast grow just organically and by word of mouth. And it seems to be growing at the same rate as when I was, um, doing social shares on it. That's interesting. Um, so people are finding it just because they're recommending it. Mm-hmm. Other people are recommending it to them. Yeah. Also, also really powerful to, to do that. Okay. So three days a, a month you spend on doing a daily show for, for every month. So like you said, the first, so like Jane, I don't know if you took January 1st off, but so January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, you were doing recording February. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're way ahead that way. I never want to feel like I'm behind because that's in my personality that would stress me out. So having them a month ahead, and it usually takes me about an hour to record those 10 episodes. I stand, I'm standing right now at my standing desk and I just, I, I just have learned to um, not pause. I just keep going one after the other and that's a bit of endurance. And, um, but again, like I've been doing this so long now that it's very easy for me to do. Right. Okay. Was it easy in the beginning? No, (laughs) no, because I was thinking more, I was overthinking and was worried. You know, I I mean, I was trying, I was doing a lot of things at once, trying to hear from the Lord, trying to make sure I was pronouncing all those biblical names correctly. Now I just don't care. I'm like, well, sorry guys. I think that's how it says, (laughs) said, but I'm not going to look it up. Um, But uh, now I'm just, I'm much more free and it's a little easier Mm. for me. What, at what moment did you, or like, was there a time? Was there an experience? How did you get to where you were like, okay, I'm just going to be free with this? It was about six months in when I realized I wanted a longer portion of scripture read. And so from at first it was like two or three verses 
and then praying for four or five minutes. And I felt like it just wasn't enough um, content. And so I went to reading pretty much a, um, a chapter a day and then, and also always going through a book. So currently right now I'm going through the book of John. I just finished second Samuel. So I kind of go back and forth between the old and new Testament. I am pretty sure I have read the whole Bible. I'm pray every day. Um, Wow. Which is, you know, I need to go back and look at my spreadsheets, but I, you know, recently I did Revelation and that one I hadn't done before. Uh, so I know I'm pretty close to have, have read the whole Bible. Um, in fact, I, one of my side things, my side wishes, uh, if you're a publisher out there, I would like to read the whole Bible for an audio Bible with a woman's voice. And I would love to see that happen someday. All right. So you walk us through your batching process. What is, what's your, what do you think is the number one struggle that you see among podcasters slash authors uh, who are kind of just starting out with doing something? Maybe somebody hears what you're doing, like, oh, that's inspiring. I'd like to do that. What do you see them struggle with? Honestly, it's the technical aspect of podcasting. And I'm kind of coaching one of my clients through it right now, one of my author clients. And what I told her was, you just have to do it. You have, if you need someone to come over and set it up and you have to record one episode, once you've done the first one, you will be okay. But a lot of people overthink or freak out prior to getting their equipment. And it just seems really large and really stressful. And so my encouragement is just, even if it's terrible, record an episode, don't even put it up, but record it so that you can say, okay, I understand. Right. It, it kind of relates to, I have a, um, I have a Shopify store uh, as well as an Etsy store of art. And I just at the behest of a friend of mine, she said, well, you really ought to be on Shopify because you can advertise better. And so I put that up last end of last year. And today on my list of things to do was advertise on Shopify, which I've never done. And so I just, I had no, I literally had no idea what I was doing. And I'm pretty sure I created the worst ad known to humankind <laughs> And I don't know what I'm doing. And they would give me like these flags, like you didn't do this. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> but I'm spending like $30 and I'm going to learn from it because I will never learn if I keep overthinking or trying to learn, 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 and then do it. It's better if I do it and learn from my mistakes. How did you learn to do that? <laughs> uh well, I am an achiever. And so ah, okay. it's so this is part, part of, of my DNA to be dogged and to keep going, especially I really like it when there's obstacles, it makes it more exciting for me. So it's part of how I'm doing, how I do things. And I'm actually writing a book uh, right now. My agent is pitching it right now um, about productivity because it's something that comes mm. second nature to me. And I love to help people learn how to, how to be that way if they want to be. I mean, not everyone wants to be, but yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. So I'm, I'm like the anti-achiever. So I appreciate that. You said <laughs> I'll that. send that book like, your ah, way. <laughs> I want, yeah, definitely. I want, I want to, I want to achieve stuff, but it takes, it takes a while. So I, it took me a long time to figure it out. It took me two years to start my podcast because I was just like over, like you said, overwhelmed with all mm -hmm. of that. And then, um, it just took, it was really, really hard. Even this, like even, even figuring out Ecamm and getting all this stuff, you know, what we're doing now took me 
a long time to, to do it. And I, so, but I echo that advice. It's so good. Just get started. Just do one. It's okay. Don't worry. When you get to 300 episodes, your first episode won't be on iTunes anymore. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be gone. <laughs> no big deal. Blessedly gone. Just, that's right. It'll be, it'll be great. Okay. Well, so did you, as an achiever, then do you like ever struggle with imposter syndrome or did you like have that with, with the whole praying everyday thing? Was it like that or? That is not something I struggle with um, only because in this area of my life, I struggle with it in other areas of my life, but in this area of my mm. life, I have been a student of scripture and I have been consistently praying for people for decades. And so I knew that I had the, not the chops, but just the experience, the life experience of it. Um, however, you know, writing this, this book for the general market on productivity, I do have imposter syndrome syndrome, even though I'm the author of 46 uh, books, like I definitely have productivity in my byline, but because it's being pitched in a different place, I do struggle with who am I to write that book? So it, I don't want to say that I never have it. Mm -hmm. It just kind of depends on my expertise. And in this sense, I had expertise, so I didn't feel as weird about imposter syndrome syndrome. Yeah, that's really interesting. Fascinating. So then when you branch out into new things, it's like, well, is this, you know, is this really it? Do you, so one of the side comments I, I made to you before this was, I think imposter syndrome is also behind a lack of productivity, but maybe that's just me. Maybe that's not, what What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it can cause you to pull back and to be a perfectionist um, because it has to be right the first time. And that can cause you not to even try. Uh, I'm married to somebody like that. And so, and one of my children is that way. And so, um, I'm not, I'm a doer. So I feel joy and completion when I cross something off a list. Uh, mm -hmm. so I think it just kind of depends on your makeup and settling your worth as well. And I think this can relate to 100% of us is when we settle our worth, that our worth is not tied to the things that we do, but our belovedness then it's a little mm. easier to overcome imposter syndrome because you know, you're a child of the most high God who loves you deeply and is for you. I love that. Isn't that so true? You don't have to achieve. You don't even have to podcast for God to love you. Right. right? Exactly. He, he already does. Yep. He, he already does. And your podcast isn't going to change that no matter how many people you reach, whether you reach a dozen or 4 million, right? Like mm -hmm. you're simply loved by God. Amen. Wow. Thank you for that. That was really, really powerful. Um, Okay. So I wanted to know what you've learned and kind of maybe what surprised you as you've been growing pray every day, five years every day. That's, that's just amazing. But I'm sure there's gotta be some things you've been like, wow, didn't see that coming. Um, I think, you know, this idea of vulnerability uh, is more and more and more important to me. I don't want to just rotely, pray. I want to be interruptible by the Lord and I want to be emotive uh, in a natural way, not just like to get, you know, sometimes you hear a sermon and the pastor cries at 12.3 minutes every single time he delivers his message and, you know, like, okay, <laughs> whatever, but you know, like genuinely emotive. So I think the more I do it, the more real I've become like the Velveteen Rabbit and uh, able to uh, sense the need of my audience and then um, I think the other thing that surprised me was just what you had commented on is the importance of asking. 
And mm. it's very hard for me. That's probably what I'm not good at is to ask, um, yep. particularly for Patreon, you know, like if they want to support the podcast, I'm over that now, thankfully, because I have a really nice verbiage that I have memorized that I say at the end of some of my episodes. Um, but that was hard at first for me. It was hard for me to advertise at first, but, um, so much of my time and energy goes into this that I, I now don't feel bad about that at all because I'm barely being reimbursed for my time. In fact, probably not even maybe pennies on the dollar, but, um, so I don't feel bad about asking anymore, but that was hard to do initially. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, you make another great point there about you. There's another reason why you have to show up because you find things eventually, right? I found, um, you know, ways to say parts of my story, uh, after saying it a few dozen times. Yeah. Right. So like, like I, th there's a season in my life when I dropped out of seminary and I used to say it was three kids or three years and two kids. But now I say it was three years, two kids and one dark night of the soul. Mm. But that was only, which is better, but that was only, that took me time, right. To, fi mm -hmm. to figure mm -hmm. out. And so like, you had to find your Patreon, the way to say it that didn't make you feel icky and it made you feel like, Hey, you're offering value. And you probably had to do that a few, maybe hundreds of mm -hmm. times given how often you, you do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that has been so, I try not to take for granted anyone who's supporting the podcast, whether it's through prayer or through a dollar a month. It's just, I'm, I try to stay really grateful for that and not be mm. like empowered, not empowered, I guess, enabled or entitled. Uh, entitled. There's, that's the word. It was one of those yeah. E words. Yeah. <laughs> is it so do you have any like what do you do for your patreon because i know everybody's gonna ask about that yeah so i have three different levels that well there's like this you know one dollar just because you're nice and then <laughs> there's the ten dollar <laughs> level which is a free painting so i mentioned i have an art shop so i send oh, yeah. a, a painting digitally to my uh, $10 and at 25, they get the painting and a secret podcast. So I record, that's another part of my recording is I record about 30 minutes of a secret podcast for my, those people. And then, um, the hundred dollars get those two as well as, um, with their permission, I add them to my prayer team. And, uh, those people that support at a hundred are really kind of like, they're kind of like the, uh, I don't know, like the Hallmark supporters, they're, they don't care if they're getting anything necessarily. They just right. want, they believe in the podcast and the kingdom impact, but it is nice to have them on my prayer team because it, they get to see behind the scenes and they are then interceding for me, which is really important to me. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even thought of that aspect. So not only are you praying for other people, but you've created a team to pray for you mm -hmm. because that's, that's value. It was so smart. You're seeing so what I said. That's very smart. I like that. Very good. Okay. So I wanted to shift just gears just a little bit because I know that you recently did. Tell me, I don't know. I haven't talked to you since then, but so was this a shift or was this like a next step for you becoming a literary agent? Yeah, it was about two and a half years ago. I was hiking in the mountains of Colorado and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's my neck of the woods. I know it was great. And my uh, my particular literary agent left the field, and so I was like scrambling, like finding my own literary agent. And my husband said, "You should become an agent." While we were hiking, and I was like, "No," it was just kind of like the pray every day idea. I was like, "No, that's stupid." And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> you know, it kind of worms its way through you. And I realized I've been pouring into authors 
since 2004. Yeah. Well, actually since 2000. So for 23 years, I have naturally, lovingly desired to help authors get published. And I've been teaching them. I've been a guest at all sorts of writers conferences. And I thought, yeah, he's right. And so I joined an agency um, and then I left that. I learned a lot there. And then I realized um, I wanted to create my own systems and I'm definitely a system person. Obviously you can see that with Pray Every Day in 10 episodes a day, yep. um, but I just needed to go out on my own. So this July I uh, formed a DBA as Married to Muth Literary. And uh, as of July, I have 30 clients. So it's a it's going well. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's been such a joy because it is really apart for me. It's about the kingdom and pouring back in and finding literary voices that are different and that are about the kingdom and that are from all over the world and not just white Americans, <laughs> um, yeah. even though I am one. Uh, so yeah, right. yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the impetus in the story as to why I did it and why I'm on my own now. Yeah, really, really interesting. I, I, like I said, I'm not surprised that because you have been coaching authors for so long, and like this just makes so much sense for you. Um, okay, so are, is it who are you looking for in particular? Is there is there a is there a Mary Demuth <laughs> profile of author that you're looking for? It's so interesting because I just placed four projects like in a row, and it was really funny. But like this will just give you an idea of the the diversity. One is a magician, a uh, male magician. Um, one is uh, a group of three are pastor's wives who have a very popular podcast called Pastor's Wives Tell All. So, and one is a... Sounds dangerous. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> funny. Um, one is a sobriety coach for women in the UK. And the other one is um, writing about like desperate situations and uh, she's from the US. So it just kind of shows the the variety, but I'm looking for I'm looking for not cliche. <laughs> I'm not looking mm. for you go girl kind of books. I am not uh looking for things that have been written over and over and over and over again. Of course, I would always like a robust platform and podcasting can be a part of that robust platform. That's what helps me yep. sell books personally as an author is saying 4 million downloads really does help me with publishers. So I bet it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I do look for highly platformed authors, but I'm also looking for super unique voices. I have um, a couple girls who are second generation Nigerian who are writing, um, they together are writing children's books and I just think they're terrific. So it's just, it's a wide variety. It's kind of like, um, if I see it, I'll go for it. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Mm. Interesting. I love that. Okay. So here's the, my question for you. I think most podcasters, particularly Christians, maybe not all, but many of us want to grow our shows right into mm -hmm. a ministry or a business or a business tree, as it were, um, some kind where, you know, that might include a writing a book or speaking and all those kind of things go hand in hand. Um, but would you, what do you want podcasters to know about taking that step? What, what should they be thinking about as they're building their show? Yeah, there's a couple ways to look at it. If um, if you want to traditionally publish, there's a longer pathway before you. That is, you first have to find a literary agent, and that can take some time. And not obviously, not every agent is going to say yes to you. In fact, most of the time, about ninety nine percent of the time, I say no. Um, so there's that, and then the agent would 
pitch your project, your proposal. Um, if it sells, then you would hand in that about six months later. And then a year after that, you would hold the book in your hands. And so if you're an impatient person, traditional publishing is probably not for you. If you have an audience and you'd like to sell to them and have a book, it's better to do like a print on demand with Amazon. Uh, if you have a manuscript today, you could upload it and tomorrow you could, it could be on Amazon. And a few days after that, you could receive the proof in your hand. Um, the positives of self-publishing are that you make a better uh, per book uh, number. So for instance, in traditional publishing, I usually make less than a dollar a book. Uh, in print on demand, I make about $4 a book. And then I've also done uh, where I've done a print run of a book where I was my own publisher. And that brought the cost of the book down to $1 per copy. So that every time I sell that book, I make about $14. The problem is, <laughs> is that you have a bunch of books in your office. Yeah. Yes. There's <laughs> that. Um, but the problem is, yeah, I mean, on that one in a print run, you have to store them somewhere, um, which makes print on demand a little bit easier for you, for most people. Right. Um, there is a, there is a legitimacy that happens with traditional publishing and with traditional publishing, which is why I personally, as an author, go that way most of the time is that I get paid and I don't have to pay. So I don't have to pay to have my stuff edited. don't have to pay to have a cover design, marketing, PR, all of that is paid for by the publisher. They take the risk on you. Um, so that's why I tend to do that. And that's why I'm a literary agent because I still believe in that model. It's not for everybody, yeah. but it is a really nice way to have legitimacy and also have the distribution channels in a wide variety of places. Yeah. Okay. So what does a, you said decently platformed, I think is the way you put it. What, what does that look like for most of us? Like, so our friends who are watching are going, or listening are going, Hey, you know, I'm trying to grow this thing, but whether it's early or they've been doing it a while and they're getting, you know, less downloads than they would like. What does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I'm looking at platform, I'm looking at all kinds of platform. I'm looking at the email distribution list. My greatest encouragement is if you have a podcast, use it to build your list. Um, yes. That will sell books more than anything else. So um, I look at the email distribution list. Uh, I do look at podcast downloads, but I'm also looking at Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the kind of the, the lower, sadly, the lower end of Facebook, uh, of followers is 50 K across all platforms. And so if you have 10 on Facebook, 10 on Insta, 20,000 downloads plus 10 on your email distribution list, then you're on your way. But I've pitched people with that large of a platform to the bigger houses and I've gotten almost unilaterally try again when they have a better platform in the hundreds of thousands. So it's kind of discouraging. Wow. Oh man. Okay. Well, okay. So, but here's the thing. How, how do you get there? Right. You don't get there. So even if it's across those platforms, you don't get there by not producing. Right. Yes. And so like when I look at my own personal platform, I've, it's different numbers across different places. And the one thing I, I think I can tell authors that is helpful, and this is what I tell to my own authors is find one platform and become really awesome at it. And then once you feel like you've mastered it, then move to the next one. Cause it can be a little bit scattered 
if you're just trying to like, oh, I'm going to build TikTok. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Just try one for a while and become really familiar with it first. I think that's great advice. Don't You don't have to do everything all at once, mm-hmm. right? Just start, do one thing and do it well. And I think that's true with podcasting too. Get your, get your plat. I was, I call it iteration, mm-hmm. right? Start, start iterating, get started. You can always change things. And so if you make an adjustment to your process, your procedures, your technology every quarter, you know, in a couple of, you know, quarters, two, three, four, whatever, a year, year and a half, you're going to be having, you're gonna have quite a different podcast, right? You'll be, you'll have improved it in a lot of different ways and your skill will have gotten better yeah. at the same time, which is the value, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's where we really need. Okay. I wanted to give you a chance to at least uh, tell us about your book. I don't know if this is your latest book because you're always writing. You always got, <laughs> I, I think when I met you, it was like 36 books and now it's 46 <laughs> books. So it's a, it's a lot. You write multiple books a year, mm-hmm. but what, um, so love, pray, listen, parenting your wayward adult kids with joy. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, as for those of us who have, you know, adult children, which I barely admit. I know you're not going to admit it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, a couple of years ago, before I was a parent of an adult child, I was in a group of prayer people. And there was one particular woman on that prayer loop who was her happiness and sadness rose and fell on the antics of her adult children. And it so bothered me. And I, I kind of made a little, I don't know if it, you know, a resolution or whatever, but I just thought, you know what, I don't want my adult kids decision to sideline me because I happen to believe that this time in our lives is some of the most fruitful ministry years because you finally have the wisdom that you need. And it, once they're out of college, mm. you have money that you need um, right. get an automatic pay raise. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, so I, and also I've just seen a lot of parents, especially in today's climate, um, really battle their kids over like political and social issues to the point that they cancel each other and they break the relationship on both sides, both from kids and adults uh, or parents. And so I decided to write a book about it. And basically I'm exegeting first Corinthians 13, the love is patient, love is kind. And that's um, shows each aspect of love and how it relates to your adult kids. And the premise of the book is what can you do once they've leave, left your nest? Well, you can't control, you can't legislate, but you can love. No one's going to prevent you from loving. You can pray. No one's going to prevent you from praying. And you can listen if you're in relationship with them. Um, that they can prevent if they're not coming to you anymore. But if you can yeah. work on relationship with your adult kids above all and really, you know, err on the side of love. Um, I can honestly say that my relationship with my, um, adult kids is strong and better than it's ever been before. Yeah. And that's such great advice. Here's the thing, friends in our culture, that's great advice, right? Like particularly for us as believers, these are disciplines for us, right? We need to love with discipline and sometimes uh, against against our interest, right? And against what we would love to for the world to be like, but it's not, right? So we have to love it. We have to love each other. We have to pray and we need to listen. And as we listen, I think sometimes that's where the Lord shows up sometimes, right? When you're like, oh, and you, whether he's making connections or he's speaking and you're paying attention. That's one of the great disciplines of spiritual direction is listening to the person in front of you and listening to him at the same time. Um, parenting is 
hundred percent spiritual direction <laughs> as well. Right. So I love that. Okay. I'm sure that's available everywhere. Is that it is. Where, it is where people yep. get it. Yeah. So you, you guys can go get that. In fact, uh, somebody said, uh, as we were talking that they're actually reading it right oh, now. Oh, nice. So that's pretty, Yay. pretty Thank cool. You. So you're, you're, uh, you're the local celebrity, Mary. <laughs> that's, that's so good. You're, you're the author. I love it. Um, people can find you, Mary. First of all, thank you for being here. I appreciate your wisdom. You always have so much to give. I hope the encouragement, friends, is show up. Like, and I know you might look at, and here are the number 4 million downloads. You might look at five years of daily podcasting. You might look at 46 books. Mary's very accomplished. She's an achiever. It's okay. You don't <laughs> have to do that. But you, you might feel overwhelmed, but also know that the key to that is showing up all the time, consistently showing up. You're at marydemute.com, right? And we'll put that, of course, in the show notes. Anything you want to like leave us with, give us a, a last encouragement for, for our friends here? Well, one is, you know, a nice thing to have for a podcast listener is a freebie. So I do have a freebie. They can go to marydemuth.com slash LPL, which stands for Love, Pray, Listen, and receive 52 prayers that they can pray once a week for their adult children. Perfect. That is great, friends. Get that. Guys, thanks for listening today. Uh, if you want more of this, uh, this is what we do in the Christian Podcasters Association. So uh, those of you, if you're if you're not in the Facebook group, get in the Facebook group. If you are, we also have memberships that you can join where we can, you can get these videos and things like that as well. So ChristianPodcasterAssociation.com slash silver. Thank you so much, Mary. Really appreciate it. 